For so many modern-driven women, life is about being more than one thing. We're multidimensional, and so are our conversations. We carry multiple identities. We can be both mother and artist, both attorney and entrepreneur, both clinician and CEO, both humble and proud. Life for women like us is about both, about all of the above. It's about the and. Our stories are the stories of so many of you. We wanted the freedom and flexibility to live life on our own terms, and we felt the pull to be more present with our families. But we still felt drawn to contribute, to build, and to create. And we wanted to establish financial security for ourselves and our children. For us, that looked like founding software companies, but for you, that may look different. Our mission is to help other smart, conscious women build and grow businesses on the internet. Starting up online can be overwhelming and isolating, but it doesn't need to be. Join us for honest conversations about what it really means to grow an online business that aligns with your values and adds something meaningful to the world. I'm Sandy Connery. And I'm Jenny Barcelos. And you're listening to the And She Spoke podcast. In our business, we're big fans of financial literacy and accountability. Knowing your numbers is an essential aspect of building a successful business and inherent responsibility for any entrepreneur. We also believe that what you focus on grows. So pay attention to your money. How do we stay up to speed on our numbers? We use Bench for our bookkeeping. It's simple, elegant, and saves us so many hours that would otherwise be spent neck deep in receipts on the other side of a spreadsheet. Each month, our transactions are automatically imported into Bench and we get on-demand financial reports. We even enjoy opening up our profit and loss statement to review each month. And when tax time comes around, we are up to date and ready to go. And this is what financial empowerment feels like. Head on over to anshe.co slash bench to save 20% off your Bench accounting plan for the first six months. Welcome to the Angie Spoke Podcast. On today's show, we welcome Brett Larkin. Brett has 25 years of ballet and modern dance training and is a sought after yoga instructor. Back in 2015, in an attempt to remember a particular yoga sequence that she created, she posted her first video to YouTube. And that same year, she became one of the top emerging yoga channels on YouTube. Today, her channel streams over 4 million minutes each month. She is also the creator of one of the first ever online yoga teacher training programs called Uplifted. In Brett, we found a kindred spirit who is also an early adopter of yoga and tech, and she combined her knowledge of filming and technology and love of yoga and has not stopped since. In this episode, Brett shares her business journey from that first YouTube upload to where she is today. Let's listen now to Brett Larkin. Welcome, Brett, to the podcast. We're thrilled to have you. Thanks. I'm so glad to be here. So Brett, let's start by learning a little bit about you. Who are you? What do you do? What's your business? Tell us all the things. Sure. My name is Brett Larkin and I'm uh, speaking to you from Seattle area in Washington. I run the world's largest interactive yoga teacher training programs online. So both 200 hour 300 hour and soon to be also uh, Kundalini specific online trainings. We also have a membership site for yoga enthusiasts that puts together training plans and philosophical themes around classes. So 
basically, whether it's just a one-off class or you want to do your whole 300-hour training online, that's what Uplifted Yoga provides. So I, as I understand it, it's the first ever yoga teacher training online. Is that right? Well, I don't know if I can claim first ever. I think there were a couple of other people in 2015 kind of doing the same thing. But my key differentiator has always been to do extremely high-touch, intimate, interactive trainings. And there I feel truly the first. A lot of people were putting pre-recorded content online, right? Like watch these videos at home. What's been unique about my program and our kind of key differentiator is that, yes, you watch uh, some videos at home, but that's just a very small part of the experience. You're also live with me and my teaching assistants on Zoom three times a week. You are live teaching, practice teaching each other on Zoom. And there's a huge community element because in order to simulate an in-person training as much as possible, the trainings actually run live. So it's not like you can just join at any time. We're actually moving through it as a group, as a community at set dates throughout the year, which makes it a lot more complicated to run, but so much more fulfilling for the people who take part. Right. Why did you do it? Why did you put it online? Why not just have an in-person program? Well, I was always really interested in online yoga from very early. A fun story I can share here is that I was actually in India, probably in maybe 2012. And I was doing yoga in India, staying in this hotel, tiny hotel room, and I could barely fit a yoga mat next to my bed. And this was right when Yoga Glow was super early. Uh, Their online streaming subscription yoga class service for those who don't know it. And I really loved Elena Brower's teaching at that time in my life. And she was on Yoga Glow. So I did a class, a Yoga Glow class with her on my cell phone in India. And it was one of the most profound yoga classes I'd ever taken. I mean, I think we all have that experience as yogis, yogis who are listening, right? Like classes that just really stand out in your mind. You had an emotional release, something powerful shifted within you. And what blew my mind was that here I was, you know, studying yoga in India, but I actually had the most profound experience through Elena Brower virtually on my phone without her even being in real time with me. That was a pivotal moment, I think, for me, because I realized the power of online. Like I just experienced it so directly firsthand that I knew that if I was able to experience this, other people were going to be able to too, and that this was 100% going to be the future. And I kind of just took off from there. You know? So is that when you started your YouTube channel? Yes, it was. That's an interesting story too, because... I worked in the corporate tech and video game sector for the first big part of my career. Mm -hmm. I made movement and dance video games and also worked in some kind of tech startups like Silicon Valley uh, type culture, which was really useful. And because of my schedule, it was a little bit hard to become a studio yoga teacher right away. And I actually felt really intimidated by the whole yoga studio scene. I didn't really know if I fit in. I didn't know if I'd be good enough <laughs> to teach. So I had gone to NYU for to Tish, actually, their film school. I studied screenwriting, writing for television, writing for video games. But part of the coursework was how to film and edit. And that had always been an interest of mine as a child as well. I always loved you know, making little home videos. And it was just felt very comfortable to me as well as having a dance background, you know, for dance, I was always as a teen and young adult, 
sending videos of myself to different dance camps and, you know, to audition for stuff. So as crazy as it sounds for me to put the video on YouTube or to start playing with teaching yoga to a camera as a first step to me felt so much safer and in my comfort zone than trying to approach a studio owner and be like, Hey, give me a shot. (laughs) So the YouTube channel actually kind of started by accident because I had come up with a sequence that I really loved in yoga. You know, one of the beautiful things about being a yoga teacher is designing the flow or the sequence and I wanted to remember it. So I filmed it (laughs) and I put it up and it was totally janky. I mean, the audio was terrible. The video was terrible. It was more kind of like I wanted to remember the sequence and just experiment. And so of course I was blown away when people actually watched the video and they were doing it along with me and then they were commenting that started building my confidence. And obviously I ended up putting more videos on YouTube. The best part was it actually eventually built my confidence to go to studios. And then, uh, of course I had a huge, you know, studio teaching career for years and years. So it's just sort of interesting. And I always tell my own students too, you know, it's like, you need to take the smallest step forward (laughs) despite your fear. So for me, that first little initial step was actually doing YouTube, Mm -hmm. which is terrifying for most people or to do anything in front of, they can, most of our clients are comfortable in a room speaking, but to be by themselves and hit record is like all sorts of mind games come in there. So it's so interesting that you had the reverse experience. Yes. So when did the business come in, in like, where did the, like, I want to make the business out of this. When did those first, those thoughts first enter your mind? Well, I had a very strong narrative for years and years that yoga teachers are poor. Mm -hmm. I think most of the examples I saw of yoga teachers in my community were, you know, incredible people, but they didn't seem to really have their professional life together. They seemed to sort of be living paycheck to paycheck or also hustling and having a bunch of other jobs. So I was just so passionate. I was happy to do it on the side of my corporate job. What ended up happening was that the YouTube channel began to grow and grow and I was getting AdSense revenue, you know, from ads on the videos, but it was still quite small. I mean, it wasn't really, (laughs) wasn't going to pay the rent by any means, but the channel got big enough that it got noticed by YouTube. And so I got invited to this YouTube creator day. So YouTube does a really phenomenal job, I think, of really encouraging and empowering their creators and helping them network. So somehow I had reached a certain threshold where I was invited to this creator day that was in San Bruno where YouTube headquarters is. And I was super excited to go. I remember I took the day off work and I drove out there. What was incredible was at this creator day, I met maybe 150 or 200 other YouTubers. And I think I maybe had somewhere between 10 and 30,000 subscribers at the time. And I was one of the smallest channels there. I mean, the norm was everyone had like upwards of 80,000. Some of the keynote speakers there had half a million or 300,000. So that really opened my eyes to the possibility. And what I started realizing as I talked to people at that event is that a lot of people were doing YouTube full time. Now, as crazy and naive as that sounds, like I didn't even know that was a thing that like YouTube could be your job. And by speaking with a couple key folks at the event, one of them was Tati Westbrook, who now I think has 10 million subscribers. So she has done really well. She was there at the time with 300,000. Another friend of mine, Jared Poland was at that event. He now has a million subscribers. Again, I think he had around 300,000 at the time. Jared, he has a digital photography channel where he teaches people to use DSLR cameras. Really changed my life because 
he had this DVD product. <laughs> it's like how long ago this was that <laughs> someone would even create such a thing. But he had this DVD product about like how to use a DSLR camera. And he actually offered to give it to me because I was telling him I was trying to improve my filming skills. And I was a little confused because I said, you know, well, why do you have this DVD? I mean, isn't your whole YouTube channel about how to use DSLR cameras? Like, why do you sell a DVD? And he said, oh, no, like people want a course. People want to go deeper. They want the full walkthrough. And he kind of, in a way, explained to me this concept of like YouTube for lead generation <laughs> as opposed to like the be all end all. And I was looking at the DVD and it was like this three box set DVD. It was really glossy. I could tell that uh, just looking at the back cover that it had been very professionally shot and filmed. And I asked him, I was like, Jared, how much did it cost you to put this DVD together? And he said, well, you know, probably around $10,000. And I was shocked because to me that felt like that was so much money, you know, especially for just a hobbyist YouTuber. So I was just aghast. And I was like, well, how much has it made you? And he was like, well, over a million dollars. All of a sudden, the math happens. Mm -hmm. So I always describe, and I've talked about this in other interviews too, like driving home from that event, it's something that is like seared in my brain forever. Because all of a sudden, it was so clear to me that there was the path forward here. I had no idea what it was. I didn't know how it was going to work. But all of a sudden, there was like this idea planted of like YouTube as lead generation, information product, right? And like a business model, essentially. And what was very powerful and I think can be so powerful for women entrepreneurs is, you know, going to events like that, obviously, you know, where we are in the world right now, that is challenging. But, you know, even just, I have entrepreneur female friends that I talk on the phone with, that I mastermind with, because what really changed for me that day as well was meeting all these other people who were doing it, you know, who were full-time YouTubers. I mean, I met one guy who he made woodworking tutorials out of his garage and was making like a multi six figure income. When I think, you know, for me, that was so motivating, like to actually be able to meet and touch other people who <laughs> were doing this, it all of a sudden made me completely convinced that it was possible for me if I just tried hard enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really cool. I love that story. So one of the issues that's coming up for us and a lot of our clients lately has been around growing a presence online and the challenges that come from that. And I'm just wondering if you can speak, having the kind of following that you have, what have been some of the hardest things that you've encountered from growing as a sort of public persona and how have you addressed those? Such a good question. I think it's so hard for us all to see ourselves on camera. A lot of my students struggle with this too. They, you know, feel comfortable teaching a class or even teaching yoga, but the minute they need to go on IG live or FB live and like talk about a topic, it feels very frightening. I think, you know, people's biggest fear, which is like something about their personality, people aren't going to like is actually a strength. There's been a lot of studies. I can't remember if it was Brendan Bruchard or James Wedmore or someone who did this huge research analysis into like why people bought from him. And the ultimate consensus was literally just like they liked him. Video is such a powerful medium. So if you just allow yourself to be yourself and really let your true color shine through, there's a likability factor that people will just buy from you because they genuinely like you. I also think a lot of times, you know, for me, I was so intimidated by to step into the yoga world because I kind of had this nerdy tech background. But 
I always say whatever you're afraid of is actually your secret strength. It's like your kryptonite. So it's actually then by combining the yoga and the tech, which I was so ashamed of, that I think I eventually found my footing and my success. So for people who are scared, if they think, you know, I can't teach because I'm injured or I'm overweight or I don't feel like I look like a health coach or nutritionist or whatever it is, I always say, you know, you're actually going to attract a really unique tribe of people who directly need to hear the message from you because you are that way. So trusting that process, trusting that you're going to attract your tribe very early on, I think is critical. And it's so hard to have that trust when you're first starting out. I think consistency is another huge tip. You know, it's so boring. No one wants to hear it, but I've posted a YouTube video every week for... I mean, seven years or something like when I gave birth, when I was on my honeymoon, like the videos were going up. So I never missed a week. So whether you're committing to whatever social platform you're committing to pick a schedule, it doesn't even have to be every day, but just be consistent with your schedule. And again, if you show up, eventually your tribe will. This podcast is brought to you by the Namastream software platform. Namastream is an easy-to-use platform that helps you build and sell your own courses, memberships, and live-streamed programs. Go from idea to open for business in just minutes. Unlike other startups, Namastream was created by women for women. If you're looking for a simple, streamlined way to build and grow an online business, you can learn more at namastream.com. For every entrepreneur that has more like a bigger and bigger following and, you know, more well-known, there are more sort of trolls and haters and comments. How have you dealt with that side of it? Definitely. I've always been surprised that there are less haters than I would have imagined. imagined. Yeah, (laughs) But, you know, ultimately I really now see what I do as my job. So for example, and I mean, this is like embarrassing and silly to talk about, but as a gift to myself, at some point I paid for a really expensive consult with like a YouTube search engine optimization expert. He did like a whole channel audit for me and it was really cool. And one of the things he told me is he said, when you don't wear a shirt, when you only wear a sports bra, you get higher views on those videos. You know, that was, on the one hand, I was really kind of just taken aback and just like, oh my gosh, the world. But on the other hand, I was like, wow, that's really good data. You know, if I'm not pregnant right now, maybe I'll just wear a sports bra. Like, you know, I'm comfortable either way, honestly. So I think really just like treating it as a business and staying data focused with whatever you're comfortable with, of course. I mean, obviously he gave me so many other great insights about what keywords were working and things to focus on. But, you know, part of putting yourself out there is just believing in your business vision and with trolls and negative comments, I, you know, it's funny. I tell my team that if it's offensive, we delete it, but if it's not offensive, meaning, you know, like derogatory hate speech that we leave it because the more comments, the more metadata, the better SEO, you know, and those comments never get to the top because the ones that get to the top are the people who are interacting and really care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, you need to love your business no matter what happens. Like you need to love your people no matter what they say. Right. Yes. And I think, you know, also seeing trolls and negative comments as a huge sign of success. Right. It's a signal. I think this doesn't mm-hmm. get talked about in entrepreneurship uh, enough, but I always teach in my courses, it's like that a refund request is like a huge thing to celebrate, right? It means you're in action, that you're making sales. As entrepreneurs, it can just feel so isolating and challenging and like you're totally alone. But 
you know, those are just normal parts of business. There's no business that doesn't have refund requests. There's no business that doesn't have haters, whether it's like Trader Joe's or an online shampoo company or your brand, right? So I really try to reframe and now celebrate those things that seem like setbacks. It's like, actually, this is a sign that I'm in business and I'm like playing at a higher and higher level. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that's such a helpful reframe. And what about boundaries for yourself? I mean, having such a public presence and a business that is centered on the internet, how do you balance your online and your offline time? And what boundaries do you set for yourself with respect to technology? That's actually something I work on with my coach, Lauren Zander. For some of us, you know, we need to motivate ourselves a lot to work. For me, it's like I need to set rules to relax because otherwise I would just work all the time and my family would not be very happy with me. So, you know, rules and promises around how I spend my time have been really important for me. So obviously I succeed more certain months and weeks, depending what's going on with the business than others. But uh, I try to have a really firm rule that I don't start working till 10 a.m. I don't look at my phone till 9 a.m. And then I get completely offline at 7 p.m. Like everything is shut down. A lot of times I have to turn off my phone. I've gone through phases with disciplining myself, you know, like how much I can control. So it's a discipline. I mean, it's an art. I really believe in, you know, designing your life the way you want it to be. And for most of us, that means we kind of need to parent ourselves and set up rules. And honor those rules and honor them, yes. right? Have an accountability buddy. Right. Yes. So what do you, like just looking forward with your business, like what do you want to do? And I would also love to hear like, what are you struggling with right now today? I think the biggest thing I'm struggling with is kind of shifting. I think when we all start our business, we're in this solopreneur hustler mode. And that's definitely my comfort place. Like I love creating. I love acting very quickly. I love pivoting, trying things. As I now have like a 10 or 12 person team, (laughs) you know, that's not as great for the team and it's not the most effective way to work. So the biggest thing I'm working on right now is hiring, you know, figuring out how to hire the right people and then also how to really improve my management skills because it's a completely different mindset from like the hustle of when you're starting your business, which is where we all start. And then to suddenly shift into this like, oh, I'm like a team builder. You know, I want everyone to get along and have them communicate without me and, you know, extricate myself more and be able to like nurture and manage and grow people. It's a totally different skill set. So I think, you know, realizing when you've hit those you know, major points of growth in your business where you need to really change your attitude or your mindset or get some coaching or get some help. That's something I'm very focused on right now. Yeah, us too. It's like we've just, through COVID, we had a massive growth and we had to hire a lot of people very quickly. And we went from like basically two and a half people to over 15 overnight. And so it's been a scramble to just like the HR and the payroll and the communication and like how available are we and who does what and like jobs, all those things, right? Like we've just been on a massive, Mm -hmm. massive learning curve because it's an entirely different job than when you just start and do all the work yourself. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden you need a completely different skill set. And where, where do you learn that? Like, how are you supposed to know? And I used to own a brick and mortar business and I could see and hear everyone. And then, so I knew what was happening. I knew their, like how they were doing, how they were communicating with clients. And then now it's like all online. It's like, what are they, what are they doing? What are they doing all day? Like, I don't know. Like, it's just different. It's so hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. 
So what about future growth ideas? Are you expanding? Are you holding? Like, what are you, what's the next step? So I'm launching a new training, which I'm really excited about my second 200 hour offering. So that's going to be focused very much on the Kundalini style of yoga, as opposed to the Hatha Vinyasa style. So I'm super excited about that because there's really not a lot of high, really any, I don't, there's no online Kundalini yoga teacher training that's high quality out there that I'm aware of. That's a full 200 hours. So I'm very excited about that. I think a lot for me, as crazy as it sounds, is a little bit less about growth and more about Mm -hmm. defense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Building during this time, not defense in like a negative or bad way, but just kind of how do we best set up and, you know, knowing that every training is going to come online and, you know, everyone's going to come online, which is great. I welcome them. I'm excited. But it's kind of like, how do we just kind of set up and change some of our positioning and our marketing strategy to you know, hopefully continue to be able to serve a lot of people. So that's a little bit where my focus is as well as kind of what I mentioned before, you know, like really fleshing out the team and a little bit of lifestyle design. Honestly, again, I'm ready to work a little bit less and figure out what that looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, I never thought I would say that, but you know, as your family grows and kids and everything, it all of a sudden you do kind of need to And I think, you know, in the entrepreneur hustle mode that you start out in, you never have a moment to breathe or even think about that. But now I'm trying to think a little bit more about how might I want to consciously design my schedule and maybe even cut back a little bit. So those are some of the things I'm thinking about in terms of the future. I think when we start out, it's like the more I work, like I'm better at this, the more I work. There's some kind of mindset around like the more I do, the more I'll succeed or something. And then there's this pivot point where it's like, actually, I am a better entrepreneur because I, you know, work less. Like there, I have to flip it in my mind. Like what's, what does that look like? There's a possibility where you can actually work less, make the same or more and still be an, an amazing entrepreneur. Like, I just think that if you're an entrepreneur, you work tons of hours and I have to, I've got to flip that around. Yes. I was talking to Danielle Laporte yesterday. She and I were just chatting and she said she moves slower now than she has ever moved Mm. before. And she is so much more successful and profitable for it. Yeah, That was very inspiring to me. uh, Yeah. They don't necessarily like hard work doesn't go with profits. Yes, exactly. Which is hard to unlearn. Very hard, very hard. So just as we wrap, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the fitness industry post-COVID. What are you seeing? What are the trends? What's happening in your world? I think the genie's out of the bottle. I think even once COVID goes away, which we don't know when that's going to happen, I think an incredible shift has just taken place in the market. We're seeing that reflected also in the recent Lululemon acquisition of Mirror for $500 million. I mean, to me, that's emblematic of them saying that they think this is long-term, this whole working out at home thing. And it's not just about COVID. It's about convenience and not having to fit into someone else's schedule. It's so interesting because I feel like, you know, two or three years ago, the trends we were seeing were really about like the boutique studios, you know, like Soul Cycle and Pure Bar and like that kind of whole thing. And now I think it's really shifting to home workouts, whether it's Peloton or, you know, working out to subscription-based, you know, yoga videos or apps like mine. It's kind of like this has always been coming. And I mean, I've just been such a big believer in online (laughs) since that class I took in 2011 or 2012 on Yoga Glow in India, right? It was just so obvious to me that this was an incredible, like this could be such a potent experience, even though it was online. And then obviously developing the teacher trainings, like the community within our groups 
how connected the people are in the training, how high quality the training is, the fact that you can rewind and rewatch anatomy videos and then ask me questions live. I mean, it's just so much more efficient than the in-person trainings I did where you're like trapped in the basement of a yoga studio for an entire weekend. You can't rewatch or replay anything. And honestly, they've done all these studies where like your brain shuts off and you can't learn more after three hours, you know, um, all our calls are like 90 minutes or two hours max with teaching in there as well, because we just know people can only focus for so long. And so online is so powerful and so well designed. So I think it took, you know, so much of my marketing has always been about educating people about that, right? Like trying to let them know you can really learn online. My stepsister just got her nurse practitioner's degree online. Like you can do this for yoga too. But now I find people don't need that marketing message anymore. Now that online has become the only option, it's like they're just, they know that it works because it's the only way and more and more people are being forced to experience it. And so it's kind of like when we went to analog to digital, right? It's like people are seeing how effective it is, how convenient it is, how many incredible tools there are, whether it's like the Peloton bike or mirror, or I'm working with another company where there's sensors in your yoga pants and clothes and we can check your alignment. I mean, there's so much cool stuff coming. So I think it's the Wild West. I think there's so much opportunity. We're going to see so much growth and innovation. I'm super excited. Same. (laughs) Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Okay. Well, Brett, we end every episode of our show with a joy and a hustle. So we'd love for you to share a resource that brings you joy and a tool to help our listeners hustle in their business or career. Something that brings me joy right now, which is very silly, is I got a towel warmer. (laughs) It warms my towels. I have never used one. It seems so ridiculous. My husband made so much fun of me, but it literally (laughs) makes every day feel like a spa day. And, you know, it was not that much on Amazon. So that is something that I, (laughs) I really recommend if you're just looking for an easy comfort. And then in terms of a hustle, I would just say reach out to someone that you're scared to reach out to. Not that you're scared of them, but you know, it it feels too intimidating. I think some of the best things that have happened to me have been the result of writing what felt like really scary emails, you know, like reaching out to mentors of mine that are people I so admired, like Anadea Judith, PhD, for example, who wrote all the chakra books. And guess what? She ended up filming with me and basically co-producing a whole section of my 300-hour teacher training program. I mean, if I had never sent that email being so intimidated, that would be a huge loss, not just for my business, but for all the you know hundreds of students who got to take that and get so connected with her. So I think it's kind of almost like a good rule if you want to just be like, let's write one scary email a day. <laughs> see what happens and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. That's great advice. All right. So to wrap up, thank you so much for being here, Brett. And where can people learn more about you? Where would you send them? Just to my website, brettlarkin.com, B-R-E-T-T. So two T's, Larkin, or, you know, if you just Google my name, you'll find yoga classes and info on the trainings and everything you need. Awesome. Thank you, Brett. Thank you so much, Brett. Thank you. Ready to go from, I really want to build an online business, but don't know where to start, to, wow, I've just sold my first digital product. That's exactly what we're going to help you do during our free Become an Online Teacher course. We've created a simple five-day email-based course to teach you everything you need to get started as an online teacher. By the end of the week, you'll have a digital product that's mapped out, priced, and ready to offer your community. 
head over to soulful.mba slash teacher to sign up. It's totally free. 